Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist. And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years. And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves sure after have. becoming parents. Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies. I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon that can help maintain and even improve your relationship. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you get something out of today's episode. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. We have martinis. (laughs) We're doing a little happy hour recording here. Yeah. We got to... We got to lubricate a smidge because we're going to be talking about sex and intimacy. Deep, deep sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it is our, this is our first one. So it's mm-hmm. not like we've been pounding them down. And We did have some Baileys in our coffee. Also, that doesn't count. Also different. Yeah. <laughs> the caffeine balances that out. So. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Just swells me up. It just swells you up. hey <laughs> Not in a We're good, just getting right into this topic Not today, in a good we? way. Like, I get poofy. My fingers not get Not in a poofy. good way. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Well, this is the best start to one of our episodes ever. <laughs> Let's get swollen. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, there's a lot that happens with sex after kids or baby or loss of baby or all of that it's it's a hot topic yeah and there's a lot of suggestions that people have so we thought we'd just kind of talk through things and i don't know we'll see what happens yeah and you know what i'll be here to add like a a guy's perspective on top of it because it's obviously it's vastly different you know women coming out of obviously delivering having giving birth you know there's there's a whole healing process there that Physically and mentally, and then there's that that change for guys too. So yeah, interesting is, topic. Which are you gonna go into that at some point? About what? What happens for dudes? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I don't. I can't speak for all dudes, but right. I can speak to my experience. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of things happen, right? What What happens? One, there's a big hormonal change that occurs, and this this is especially true for women who choose to breastfeed or are able to breastfeed. Your hormones completely change, and the drop in progesterone also affects your lack of sexual desire. Like, really kind of the last thing that you want is... And that's that. the hormone that helps produce milk? <laughs> no, that's a different hormone. Okay. It's kind of a... It's a domino effect. Also, lack of sleep. Lack of sleep is going to increase your cortisol, which adds stress and you're tired. And the last thing you want to do is to be intimate. That's a big one. And I think it's a big one for guys too. Mm-hmm. That lack of sleep. Also, a lack, a change of routine. So if you're sleeping less, then maybe you're not working out 
or getting some exercise, physical exercise, as much as you would be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, you feel unattractive, especially moms. Our bodies are completely different. Everything's different. Our, our boobs hurt. We're, our bellies are jelly. Our bodies are wonky because our joints are kind of going back to the way they were because everything gets all loosened up to give birth. Well, that, you know effects of the vagina and that whole area just depending on how your your birth went or a c-section you're yeah. healing from a surgery right yeah. yeah i think a lot of times people wait for that six week mark mm-hmm. of like oh let's let's go but the six weeks is like the bare minimum yeah and i think we've talked about that in one of our other episodes where or yeah i think it was with jillian and nathan it's it's that's a marker of your checkup it should not be the marker whether you're ready to have sex or not or to be intimate yeah and the tendency to feel overtouched. I didn't really experience feeling overtouched until we had our second. I can definitely relate to that. Mainly because she would throw up on me every single time she would nurse. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah, it was rough <laughs> for, for like, what, eight months, nine months? Oh, uh, I don't know if it was that long. Okay. I remember it being a long time, though. Yeah. Um, actually went to a cranial sacrist. Is that what they call it? Cranial sacrum? Cran- cranial something or other. And that helped. Yeah, that's that's a whole wild thing. That's a whole other topic <laughs> in itself. I want to go into a little bit of what I help my couples with, some little tips and tricks. And us, I mean, some of these are just, okay, yeah, easier said than done. So how do you, like, really, how do you really do this? Yeah. Here. Shout out to uh, Shit Talking Shrinks podcast. They always say, they always have leave people with tangible tools. Oh. I like that there you term. Go. Look at you, name dropping. Yeah. It's a great it's a great podcast. Give it a listen. Um, all right, first thing, accept that things are different. I think so often couples and and when we're we're talking about this, a lot of it is gonna be pretty heterosexual based couples. And I think so often there's a there's a difference. Like you become so much more disconnected. Uh there's a tendency for mothers to have this, I know what's right, I know what's best. And yes, mother instinct is a real thing, but there can also be like some control that happens. You know, if I see you changing a diaper, it's like, oh, that's not the way you do it. Or um, then there tends to be like, you guys are on opposite sides of the fence. So really like accept that things are different. You guys are in the mud together. And for the love of God, do not comment on weight gain. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Who would do that? Some people do that. That is a real fucking terrible idea. Yeah, some people do that. Like if I were to come in and, and have a dress on, if we're going out and be like, do I look fat in this? Your response is going to be? You look great. <laughs> you're going to fall to the floor and be like, oh my gosh, I can't even take how beautiful you are right now. Uh, fall, do I have to fall to the floor? I mean, that would be ideal. Well, shoot. I guess I dropped the ball. <laughs> but yes, if you bring up weight, you're an asshole and have no business being with anybody and having kids. So. Yeah. Why is it that like the dad bod is so sexy, but where's the mom bod? Why isn't that sexy? Let's, let's, come on. Yes, I agree. I think it's sexy. It's definitely not talked about as much. Mm. Like the dad bod is, it's like a celebrated thing. It's mm-hmm. like a tongue in cheek, funny, but also celebrated. Like there's tons of like funny t-shirts and, you know, it's just a thing, but. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you definitely don't hear in a lot whole about mom, mom bods. No, there's a greater expectation for moms to get back in shape. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we're going to kind of go off on a tangent here for just a second. 
it is interesting too. Like we've, we've, we've been talking about like weight loss lately and, and just, you know, more like taking care of our, you know, making sure we're focused on taking care of ourselves. But it is so interesting how many people comment on weight loss or weight gain, maybe not so much as the weight gain piece, hopefully, but if somebody sees you and they're like, they feel inclined to like say something about how much weight you've lost. Oh, you look great. You look great. Look how much weight you lost. They don't know. What have you been doing? They don't know what you've been going through. Maybe you're having this really hard time or have like an eating disorder or you have a medical condition or a loss in your family and you're so stressed out, you're losing weight. You know, it's just so crazy that people think, hey, because you, you look like you weigh less, you must be doing something right. Well, there's an implication that you didn't look great before. Or right. Not an implication, but a, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Tangent there, but yes, mom bots, super mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Be open and ask each other for sex. So this is where um, there was a study done, and they found that gay and lesbian couples and Latino Americans were more direct and honest about their sexual needs. Hmm which actually resulted in a fewer fewer tendency to be defensive when the topic came up. So I would imagine a lot of that had to do with how you bring it up, you know, but there's a tendency, I think, in like cis white relationships that things are kind of talked about in a, like a metaphoric way. Like, ooh. Like, you you should be able to read between the lines and know when I'm ready. That, or, like, making a comment of, like, gosh, I'm, I'm kind of cold in here. Hmm. And then you'd be like, well, go put a sweater on. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, like, well, come here, baby. Let's snuggle up. Well, the one thing we're not <laughs> doing is turning up the thermostat. Because that's just right out of the game. Yeah, well, when you're out of town, I turn it up. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, ask, asking to be intimate uh, on both sides. So women feeling confident to engage in sexual activities and men as well, not just leave it on one person's plate to, to do the initiation. Mm-hmm. It can feel really awkward. So one thing that I have suggested for couples is to use a point system. And I think this is in one of the Gottman books. So if you had a point system of one through 10 and one is absolutely not not feeling it 10 is like ready to ready to pounce you can check in with your partner like hey you know the the kids are down and i'm at a seven where are you at and like well i'm at a two or i'm at a five convince me or let's snuggle on the couch and see what happens or are you kidding i've been at a 10 all day let's go yeah just to help break the ice a little bit yeah and not be resentful if they're at a two Mm -hmm. right i mean you have to have that expectation to say if i'm at a seven hey what do you think and they're like you know what i'm at a two respect that they're at a two maybe they're maybe they're not just feeling it maybe they don't feel good maybe you know there's all kinds of different things maybe you're constipated it's it's not you that is making them a two right yeah or maybe it is maybe you're just being really mean i don't know (laughs) with you a two with someone else (laughs) ten you can be disappointed but keep that to yourself sure and it's and again it's not i would i would assume most of the time it's not it doesn't have anything to do with the partner. Uh, another tip, talk about what feels good. I think it's easier to say what you don't want or like if, if something's happening, you're snuggling on the couch, you're feeling overtouched. It's easier to be like, oh, can you stop? Try to switch it around and say what actually feels good or what you actually want at the time. Like, hey, I really, 
just kind of want to sit next to you on the couch, maybe hold hands. Or why don't I lay down and you can rub my feet? Or I can lay back and get a handy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Moving on. (laughs) All right. Speaking of uh, non-sexual touch. So I was reading a study or a reference of a study where in this country we don't touch enough. Hmm. I can see that. It's very rare. Uh, Other countries have so much more touch throughout the day. And even now, you know, teachers and daycare providers, a lot of them can't hug or hold children, especially if they need to, because of all of the parameters that are set in place based off sexual misconduct cases and things like that that have really put the kibosh on touch. Yeah, I mean, I see that side of it, too. Also, touch is equal to using an antidepressant medication. So it offers so much benefits for new moms, especially because it helps alleviate any postpartum depression symptoms that occur. And so this could just be like massage. That's one of the things I talked about my bringing baby home workshops. Massage on the back, uh, feet. Scratches. Scratches? Yeah. (laughs) Scratch your back. I like my back scratch. Yeah. I was asking for that this morning. I'm pretty sure your specific words were, ugh, I want someone to scratch my entire body. This is true. And you did nothing. You just laid there. I was trying to figure out what that (laughs) meant. (laughs) Like, do I need tools for this? or? (laughs) I felt itchy. Um, Another thing with this that I always like to suggest with couples is, is take sex off the table. I've noticed that if there is any touch There's a tendency for the women to be like, oh, gosh, is this going to lead to something? I don't want it to. And then they, you know, sometimes you kind of clam up. I know that that's happened for me before. And I think we've talked about this. Alternative motives. Yeah. Like what alternative, ulterior, right? Ulterior motives? I think so. Regardless, (laughs) it's like if I brush up, you know, because I'm I'm a a big fan of like giving you a little slap on the butt or like. You know, something like that. It's like, if I do that, you may think, oh my gosh, this, he, you know, this might be going. He wants me. He wants me. And and then you just, you have this whole mindset thing where if you take sex off the table to say, hey, I need a break. I need, I'm overtouched. I'm tired. I, I, I do not want to have sex or be intimate for the next four days. Mm-hmm. I will let you know when I'm back in the, in the game. Mm-hmm. But what that does is it opens that up for non-sexual touch more right because now i'm more apt to snuggle with you on the couch because i know that that expectation of sex is off the table so there's there's actually more opportunity to touch and physically connect than there would be otherwise which may lead to sex anyways sure but it's on your dime it's on your time frame and in the end we'll we'll be better anyways Mm -hmm. it's not just going through the motions All right, something to keep in mind. Men are microwaves. Women are slow cookers. It's actually referred to as a Dutch oven. This is from a Gottman book, Women Are Dutch Ovens. And I said that once to one of my couples and they started laughing because they thought of a Dutch oven. Like the toots? The toots and the the comforters. Smother you under a (laughs) tooty blanket. So now I call it a slow cooker. I like that. So what that means is most men, and I'm generalizing here, but I think a lot of people would agree that they can have sex or be sexually intimate in a relatively short amount of time. They can get there 
pretty quickly. They don't necessarily need the as much of the emotional connection. And women do. Women do. Foreplay starts right when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> Just how it's gone throughout the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really important to rethink your idea of what foreplay is. You getting up and bringing me coffee in the morning, that's foreplay. You putting the dishes away, that's foreplay. I'm you two for two today. <laughs> but rethinking what that is. Now, be careful with this because I have had some people say, I mean, I've done all these things. I've done the dishes. I've taken the trash out. I even like cooked dinner one night and I'm still not getting sex. I would say lay <laughs> off the monster energy drinks, <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> Chaz. Yeah, well, I what say, would you say? Like, if, if you had a dude friend that was saying that same thing to you. I would probably tell him the same thing we were, were talking about. It's like, well, I mean, that's that's great. If you, you know, if you want to be intimate and have sex, at, you know, today at some point, how are you setting that up throughout the day? You can't just rush into it. In fact, you and I have this 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 thing that we've agreed on for a long time that if you're not both 100% into it, then you emotionally then emotionally right, right mm-hmm. like present mm-hmm. then 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 what are we doing here like let's stop because it's not just about climax right it's about if one person's not into it even if you're in the middle of it if one person's not 100 percent into it then it's just it's unfulfilling anyways and in into the, the end mm-hmm. so that would be my advice to a guy that comes to me like that and say how are you building this up how are you allowing her to be ready when she's ready that sex is a whole nother ball game. The thing is, that doesn't work for everybody, though. You know, some couples have a very different compatibility, whereas one is, you know, they could have sex three times a week and be fine, and another person has zero sex drive. Then at that point, it's, it's a conversation around compromise. And so I think it's almost pretty rare for both people to be 100% emotionally connected in those times. Yeah. So as long as it's it works for you and there's no like abusive behavior going on. Right. I'm sure there's there's caveats to that, but I think it's all about communication really. It's all it, about communication. Wow, are you okay? <laughs> Is this the reading rainbow we're on right now? Jeez. I love Anyways, that show. It was a good show. <laughs> At least have the conversation of where you're coming from. You know, it's not the whole, it's not you, it's me situations. Like, you know, there's like the head trash that people think about. Like, well, if they have no sex drive, obviously, because they don't find me attractive. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to know that without that communication piece. Yeah. Um, speaking of foreplay, I have a question for you. If you were to look at the non-traditional ways of foreplay, what is something that you would consider foreplay that like I do for you? Foreplay that you do for me in the non-traditional sense. Yeah. Huh. Let me think about that. I'm going to sip on my martini while you think about that. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, I think it goes, <laughs> wow, that was quite the sip there. <laughs> Uh, what is that? Now we got to have a trigger warning. <laughs> ASMR. ASMR, yeah. Okay, so a little bit different. And I think it ties into like kind of our love language of acts of service, but what have you. But the other day you texted me that you were at Costco and asked me if I needed anything. And I was at work and I was busy and I didn't, I couldn't really quickly off the top of my head think of anything. But then, and I, so I never texted you back. And then like half an hour later, as you were leaving, you were like, I got you the sticky rice you like. 
Oh, you like the sticky rice. And I was like, oh, we haven't got that in forever, and I do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would consider that foreplay. All right. I was fully erect. <laughs> <laughs> no, sticky Good thing rice. you have your own office. Sticky rice does it, does it for me every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you? I'll ask you that question. Same thing. Well, I have prepared this answer because I asked the question, but yeah. when you are super playful and nice to the kids. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that does it. That does it for me. Well, I beat Ivy in chess today, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. She's getting really good. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully Queen's she could, Gambit over here. Yeah, hopefully she could... We could... Uh, she, I don't know. <laughs> it won't be long before she's beating me, for sure. Hmm. She's going to be good. All right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, another little tip. Accept that planned sex and quickies are just as important as gourmet sex. Gourmet sex. Yeah. So what would, what's your definition of gourmet sex? Oh, I mean, like... The candles and the and maybe the music. Like an anniversary and it's like yeah. set up and... Yeah. Maybe a little bath beforehand or... Or like you're going like a destination yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what was the other two comparison? Quickie and what? Quickies and planned sex. Oh, planned sex. So you can... Like a routine thing? Yeah. Guess what? You can plan out sex. I know so many people are like, oh, it takes away the spontaneity and it's just like a chore. Well, don't think of it as a chore, first of all. <laughs> yeah. But if you have it planned, like let's say, oh, every Thursday night you and your partner know that it's like intimate night. During that day, it's easier for the women to get into it, right? Because they're thinking about it. it you, they, you know it's coming. You could be a little bit more flirtatious with your text throughout the day. Um, it, it can be very beneficial. Yeah. Another thing, obviously, this is this is a really annoying one. I didn't write this down, but everyone says, oh, we'll just get more sleep. Oh, that's such a terrible, terrible advice. It's like, obviously, we know this, right? And I, I read this little uh, statistic, and I'm so curious. It was this doctor. Dr. Deborah Wickman. She is a, she's an, a gynecologist of, of sexual medicine. And she says that if you have one more hour of sleep, it makes the person 14% more likely to engage in sex with their partner the next day. How? It's How a, do they figure this out? Yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a weird study group that they must have had. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, you're just your, your mental health. Like I mentioned before, like not wanting to have exercise or like get into your normal daily routine without an adequate amount of sleep is really tough. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, changing the mindset. So much of us are like, well, when I'm well rested, I'll be more into it. Or when I'm well fed or when I'm back in the gym and feeling better, like you're kind of waiting for all of these other buckets to be full before, you know, engaging in sex. But maybe think about like, what will this give me if I'm a little bit more intimate with my partner? Will that, it'll fill that bucket, which might lead to other buckets being filled. Yeah. Or not. Or not. And I feel like for us, you know, well, both of our kids, really, I was, I felt, I got up a lot with you at night when you were breastfeeding, when, especially in the early, early days of, of, uh, out right after childbirth, we were both sleep deprived. You were more so than me, obviously, but both of us were sleep deprived. And so, one, even if one of us got more sleep, then you're still having to worry about the other one too. So it, it's it's a rough place to be in. Mm-hmm. And there's no 
There's no easy fix. There's no easy fix. You can't yeah. tell somebody, go oh, get, go get more sleep. Well, that sucks. Yeah. 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 Uh, something to also discuss is talking about the expectations of masturbation, oral sex, and porn specifically. A lot of couples tend to engage in more oral sex after baby because of the discomfort. So discussing that and also especially with pornography it can be seen as an outlet for the partner who wants to be more sexual but it can also be seen as a profound betrayal especially after the the arrival of a baby like if somebody's hiding the fact they're watching porn just Mm -hmm. to get just to get through it Mm -hmm. so you're saying your recommendation is to talk about it yeah, yeah, discuss it, especially because as women, if we carried the child, our bodies are different. We're feeling some possible shame, some lack of confidence, not feeling great about our bodies. And then if our partner, you know, if we find out that they're watching porn, it's like, ugh. Uh. Yeah, I, I could see that being a major roadblock. And hopefully people talk about this regardless of whether or not they have children. Is porn okay? Does it feel fine or does it feel like a betrayal or whatnot so. yeah porn's a slippery slope it's, it's unrealistic it, por- uh, porn can real yeah porn can be addictive and it can set unrealistic expectations absorb way too much of your time and then when it's time to get back into the normal routine of intimacy with your partner then it's sometimes you know it's lacking because you're so brainwashed by by everything you've been watching so it's yeah. a slippery slope well, let's be honest. I think the majority of porn out there is not the most empowering for women. No. Are you kidding me? Yeah, most of it's not. <laughs> um, something I wanted to mention, too, is there's a tendency or maybe a, a fear of, if especially if you're breastfeeding, that you will have a letdown and lactate during sex. And that happens most of the time for most women who are breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah. Um, some partners really like it. Some maybe not. So talking about that of what what your thoughts are, there's certain positions that might be a little bit better. You know, missionary style is probably the the best if you're trying to avoid a a letdown. If you like the letdown, your partner likes the letdown, then go on all fours. Let her rip. (laughs) It all comes back to communication. If that's something that... Communication! Wow. It's going to be the buzzword. It is going to be we should have a little like song that happens every time we say communication. I think that's how you live your life. <laughs> Just all the little songs that come on. It's true. Yeah. Uh, all about communication. So if if that's something that you're not into, talk about it. There's other there's ways to avoid it, and then also knowing that it's not you, it's not that situation. It just doesn't work for the other person. Right. And you can avoid it by either pumping right beforehand, or you could wear a nursing bra with pads. Yeah. All right. Next, don't avoid conflict. This is a huge libido buster. Don't avoid conflict. Yes. What do we do to not avoid conflict, Aaron? What do we need? Communication. Communication! (laughs) Our branded gear will be coming out soon. It'll just say communication with rainbow on it. (laughs) Give me an example of why that would lower your libido if you're avoiding conflict. Well, then, because you're not bringing things up that are bothersome to you, and so you're just kind of stewing on them. And if I'm stewing, obviously I'm not, like, wanting to be intimate. Yeah. Personally speaking, anyway. And even if it's little, those little things add up. Mm-hmm. Also, get yourself a nice, good, high-quality bottle of lubricant. I thought you were going to say a vibrator. Oh, I could do that, too. Why not? A nice, big, old, high-quality. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, women tend to be a little bit drier 
when they're breastfeeding. This is all due to hormones. It's a win-win for everybody. Get, get lube. Yeah. Yeah. Water-based. If there's no reason you wouldn't do that. If you go into having a child, if you're thinking like, oh, our sex life is going to remain the same, then you're in for a rude awakening. I think that's great advice. People need to know that when you have a child, sex will be different Mm -hmm. or intimacy will be different regardless of your situation. So know that you, you almost have to relearn what that looks like. You almost have to start from scratch Mm -hmm. and find out a new method, which it can be exciting in itself, but it is going to take time. So it's not like you can just hop back on the bandwagon and nothing's changed. You have to be aware that there's going to be some give and take. Uh, let us know. Leave a message. Send a send a little comment. Yeah, call the robot. It's lonely. The, it's the so robot's been lonely. lonely. Oh my yeah. god, it's so sad. Even if you need to call the robot and give us your own little jingle, like when we talk about communication. Oh yeah, I like that. The one time I want you to do it, I pointed to you to say communication. Oh, and you just you just sat there and looked at me. I'm just staring in your beautiful eyes. Oh, foreplay. <laughs> Uh, anyways, call the robot, give us your jingle, and, and also tell us how has sex and intimacy changed after having kids. And if you have tips, too. Things that you have found that have worked for you and your partner. You, or maybe things you've tried that have not worked. And if it's embarrassing, then leave it anonymous. Because yeah. we don't need to know names or see the names. So right. just call and leave us a message. Yeah, It doesn't show who you are when you call. So, no, it doesn't. Uh, 503. I don't remember the number. I'm terrible. 610? 610, 610, four, right? 610-610-4. Six, ten, six, ten, Give us a show. Yeah. Or 503-610-6104. I guess. Some people get confused. I guess. <laughs> I don't know who those people are. But. <laughs> my phone number is, I'm not going to say my phone number, but it, it is something that I can do like that. The 610, yeah. 610 uh-huh. And when I say my number to certain people, they look at me like a deer in headlights. And it takes them a, a minute before they get, oh, right. Agreed. I, I could see your point. I also, I use your phone number for like Walgreens. Like what? the Walgreens card. You know, oh. like the card number. I use your phone number for Walgreens. <laughs> really? That's really funny. Mine never works, so I always use yours. I have one at Rite Aid. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. And you have one at Walgreens. I know it's weird. This is so weird. <laughs> But yes, sometimes when I have to say it to them, I always, I don't say 10. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's, that's about it. You have anything else? One last thing to note is when you're getting back into intimacy after having kids, make sure you have protection. Mm-hmm. Make sure. If you're not planning on having another child. Hopefully. I think there's a myth out there that if you're breastfeeding, you're not going to get pregnant, which is bogus. Yeah. Totally bogus. My my menstrual cycle came back five months postpartum for both kids. That's early. Is it? And I was full on breastfeeding. Yeah. My, my midwife was like, whoa, this is early. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Also, one of the... Mm, I'm eating all of these. are delicious. Leave us... A- Leave us a mess. Leave us a rating. Leave us a little uh, five-star rating. 
five star comment yeah would be nice comment yeah we love we, it we appreciate it all helps, your support it helps the algorithms in the interwebs we just want to make sure that you all are enjoying what we're putting out there yeah and if you're not then tell us i'll tell the robot <laughs> all right have a great day everyone see ya bye for listening and your continued support new episodes come out every tuesday please make sure you review and subscribe to our podcast we greatly appreciate it follow us on instagram at love after lullabies and if you want to be on our show come on you know you want to be on it email us at love after lullabies at gmail.com so she got burgers in her ears <laughs>